Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Pratik Patel, the Vice President of Innovation and Products at Elevate Services, a law company where he leads the company's product business and innovation initiatives across its range of solutions. Pratik joined Elevate in 2012 following the acquisition of RFX Legal Analytics, a company that he co-founded. Hi, Pratik. How are you? Great. Thanks, Ari. Pratik, tell us about your background and your role at Elevate. I've always been in the legal space, but more on the business side of law. I actually planned to go to law school, wanted to be a patent lawyer, and happened to also have just a passion for early-stage startup companies. Joined a, a very popular uh, legal management consulting firm uh, before I went to law school and then ne- never ended up getting there. So I actually uh, decided not to be a lawyer and uh, focused on really just kind of operationalizing the, the business of law. My role here at Elevate is to lead the innovation in products. That has a lot in it, but fundamentally it's, it's really trying to materialize some of the ideas that we have for this market, whether it be how we deliver legal services to the market, you know, the processes and toolkits that we use to do that, and then fundamentally, how do we tech enable everything that we do such that we kind of eat our own dog food, right? I mean, our, our whole philosophy around this is that legal services should be tech enabled, and part of my job is to make sure that that happens. Elevate announced at the Corporate Legal Operations Consortium the launch of Elevate Next in connection with Valorum Law Group and Univar. What was the genesis of that collaboration? The genesis of it was Jeff Carr, general counsel at Univar, saying, I want to materialize this idea that I should be able to go to my law firms and have those law firms operate with efficiency, with process, you know, really be kind of a landing pad for how we need legal services delivered. Pat Lamb, Nicole Arbach at Valorum, Liam Brown, our chairman at Elevate, said, well, why wouldn't we have a model for doing that? So Pat Lamb raised his hand and said, look, I'm going to create a law firm called Elevate Next. That law firm is going to integrate with the capabilities and the mindset of Elevate to actually kind of deliver the things that uh, deliver the, the the ways that a law firm typically would like to. So things like, you know, being able to on the front end of a matter really scope, plan, and price something out using a, a series of process steps that most law departments are asking of their law firms today. They call it legal project management. Subsequently, you know, through the delivery of the matter being able to deliver those matters through a series of process steps as well as technology enablement, uh, just really kind of creating a law firm that, uh, that combines the value of, you know, finesse legal services with what I would call solutions that allow them to kind of deliver those more efficiently. So that was really the, the genesis of it. I think the market's been asking for something like that for a while, and law firms in their own regard are trying to deliver it. But I think this is a shortcut to saying to law departments in general, hey, look, Elevate Next can be a landing pad for the model that you want, and maybe a benchmark as well for some of the other firms that are trying to do it but are are still trying to get there. What do combinations of this type signify about the evolution of the legal profession? I think it just signifies that it's not changing in the the sense that people are saying, you know, oh my God, um, is the delivery of the legal profession going to be overtaken by machines? I don't think we're there yet. I think all this represents is that there's a yearning for just a better way of doing things, just even in a practical sense. Uh, if you take a typical delivery model, you know, even in, within the law department, it's fairly inefficient. There's not like a process of how work is qualified, assessed, you know, assigned. When it does require the use of outside counsel, how outside counsel then kind of follows that model in their own regard to say, 
who are the right people that work on this work? You know, how do we right source it? How do we right staff it? Then how do we apply technology? So I think all of these innovations in how the services are being delivered are just manifestations of in-house counsel, general counsel saying, why is it so difficult for us to operate like most other enterprise functions operate? And it's not that those functions are perfect, but you know, can we just have a basic framework, if you will, for making the delivery of legal services efficient? That may not change who they use. Uh, it may not change what they pay over, you know, immediately. But over time, I think it just delivers kind of an etiquette or a model around the delivery that makes everyone feel comfortable that, you know, that the bowling ball is not going to go in the gutter as many times as it may in today's environment. How can lawyers adapt to this rapidly changing legal marketplace? First is just to learn about what's out there, number one. I, I don't think lawyers should feel the pressure of being super innovative in any regard. But I do think that they should feel the pressure of just knowing how to better manage their work. For example, you know, you, you hear this, these concepts of being a T-shaped lawyer. You know, I think those are all great representations of saying, hey, look, a, a lawyer today has to have both the legal expertise but also some, some basic ability to demonstrate to whoever their customer is, whether it be an internal customer or if you're outside counsel, your in-house counsel, that you're not just managing by fire. So I think the first way that they can adapt is to begin to understand who is delivering work in these types of formats, you know, what tools they're using, and, and also don't feel like they have to be perfect to, be, to begin to deliver work in these formats. So if you take, for example, any given matter today, and if you ask a legal team, how do they actually perform that legal work? How do they assess it? How do they triage it? How do they assign it? How do they deliver it? In most cases, they'll, they'll kind of respond with, well, we've kind of skunk worked our own solutions for it. And they're just great artists. They're not good operational skilled uh, individuals. So I think just kind of putting a basic framework to it, challenging themselves to say, hey, look, if we don't have a process for something, let's try and apply a process. And I think that goes a long way. And then as they get those processes established, then they can begin to look for how do we automate something or how do we look for providers that can further help us. But, but just establishing a process for things where processes don't exist, I think that's the best first step to, to just kind of entering the world of, of more efficient delivery. Why are alternative legal services providers so attractive to buyers of legal services now? For one thing, we bring more of the things that I just talked about, you know, more of a process, more transparency around how we're delivering things. You know, we oftentimes get asked by in-house counsel, general counsel, for the same things they ask their law firms for. What's the approach and what's the plan for how you're going to do something? And when you put what we put in front of them, kind of compared to what typical law firms put in front of them, we have a lot more detail. We have, I mean, it's not, we're not doing any kind of rocket science, but all we're doing is we're putting a process around how we approach the work, how we scope the work, how we provide the assumptions around it, and then how we apply technology. And I think when you compare that to how a typical law firm may respond to the same thing, I think it's just kind of apparent that alternative service providers, what we call law companies, they're just better at those kind of things. So it just becomes more appealing, I think, to leverage providers like us because I, I think we just have a different approach to how we tackle the work. The second thing also is we tend to get work that either in-house counsel don't want or law firms don't think that they can do. Um, I'll give you a perfect example. You know, we, we, we were just asked by a large corporation to assess their contracts, migrate them to a, a second you know, contract management system, and in the process, extract all the information out of those contracts. And funny enough, the way it landed on our lap was in-house counsel said, we don't have the staff to do that. Outside counsel, who they went to, said, we don't have the process and the toolkits to do it. So we got the phone call. And that's 
for us work that we think law firms should actually pick up if they had the ability to do so. But it doesn't strike them as the work that they sometimes want to do or can do. So, you know, the general counsel look now at alternative service providers as maybe a go-to for legal services, legal support services that don't typically fall into the core category of what law firms typically know how to deliver. So they just become more appealing organically just based on what general counsel is asking for now. Where do you see this sector headed? I think the sector is headed towards more maturity around how services are delivered first and foremost. I don't know that the sector will move very, very rapidly to these cross the market, to these hybrid models, what we call these new law models. But I do think that in individual categories, whether it be in-house, outside counsel, or in law companies, there will be a, a minimum baseline of how service is delivered. Maybe call it a framework of etiquette, if you will. The, the requirement, the table stakes requirement that there is a process around things, that there's a way that work should be scoped and priced and assumed in terms of just project planning. I also think that there will be a baseline requirement about how do you use technology? It doesn't always have to be AI technology, but lawyers can't and probably will not be able to just operate as lawyers anymore. They'll have to be augmented by some form of technology to meet kind of the table stakes requirements of their in-house counsel or their customers. So that's where I think right now where the market is headed. is It's just a, a raising of the bar, if you will, maybe a minimum table stakes of who people resort to as lawyers based on their ability to demonstrate those basic etiquette qualities. From that point forward, I think we are going to move very quickly into a stage of technology innovation. So, I mean, we walked the clock floors, you know, we walked some of these other conference floors, and just the sheer amount of startups that are involved in this category now, just the ideas that are being materialized is materially different than, let's say, just even three or five years ago. My sense of it is, is that while we kind of get our basic etiquette in order, we kind of get these legal practices to, to operate a bit differently, right on the tail of that, we'll have enough proven technology that will allow us to start integrating those things into the things that we've built. So I do feel like in the next 10 years we'll have very basic improvement of the service quality and the service model, and then we'll very quickly move into, well, hold on, if we kind of have a process for something and now we know where what points of that process could be enabled by tech, we'll conveniently have technology at our fingertips that may not be fully Fitting, but good enough to pilot and test, and and that's really where we where I think we are in terms of just this whole hybrid model of delivering legal services. I do think we will find more and more elevate next pop up because you know law firms, frankly, will begin to invest more in delivering those types of models. But they'll need to partner, in my opinion, uh, with people just who know how to do it. And that was kind of Pat Lamb's decision was we're going to partner with Elevate. I think that was smart. I'm not just biased in saying that. And the reason I say that is because. I think that law firms just traditionally aren't great at those types of things, and you have these law companies who are. So a great model for general counsel is, well, why not combine the best of two worlds? So I do think you'll have a lot more law firms kind of smarten up, partner with law companies, vice versa. The law companies will find ways to better partner with law firms, and you will have kind of the sprouting of more and more of what I'd call Elevate Next type, type law firms. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Pratik Patel, the Vice President of Innovation and Products at Elevate Services. Pratik, thanks so much. Thanks, Ari. Great to be here. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.